Well, in our first segment, we look at the increasingly dire straits millions of renters find themselves in as the Delta variant surges across the country. A federal eviction moratorium instituted last year lapsed this past Friday at midnight, putting an estimated 11 million tenants nationwide at risk of eviction. Here in New York, a statewide eviction moratorium is slated to end at the end of August. Joining us today to break down what's going on and how tenant movements are responding to this situation is Sia Weaver of Housing Justice for All, a statewide coalition of more than 70 organizations fighting for housing for every New Yorker statewide. In 2019, they won the strongest tenant rights in a generation with the landmark legislation that passed in Albany. But the pandemic has created unprecedented new challenges that they are now facing. Sia, thanks for joining us on WBAI Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. So just for starters, can you describe for our listeners how the the federal eviction moratorium lapsed or collapsed last Friday and the excuses that are being made for why that happened? Yeah, totally. So, you know, last legis- last Friday, um, the House of Representatives went home for August recess without passing a legislative extension of our federal eviction moratorium. The federal eviction moratorium was instituted by the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, and it was really a first of its kind sort of like landmark decision saying that housing is healthcare and that you can't evict people in the middle of a pandemic. Um, landlords, of course, sued over this. They said, what business does the CDC telling, have telling us what we can do on our property? Um, took it all the way to the Supreme Court where there was a 5-4 decision saying that the eviction moratorium could stay, but only until July 31st. And after July 31st, further legislative action would be necessary. Um, So, you know, Nancy Pelosi, there was a bill. Um, Nancy Pelosi didn't make it happen. Um, And now progressive members of Congress are outside protesting, calling on Congress to come back into session and pass this legislation. Of course, if it can't pass the House, it's much harder to pass the Senate. And Biden has completely, um, up until now, sort of abdicated and kicked the ball to to Congress um, because of this sort of Supreme Court ruling. Um, so that was the status quo until um, until just a few minutes ago when we got word that, you know, Biden is considering passing a new one, but a more limited one in hopes that the Supreme Court would not strike it down. Got it. And, and um, it, it, is it true that the Biden administration like literally waited till the day before the the moratorium was going to lapse before before they threw this over to Congress? Yes, that's true. So Biden waited until the very last minute to let Pelosi know that it was on her to deal with us. All right. Thanks, Sia. And we're going to turn a little bit here to New York. Um, so the September 1st eviction moratorium deadline is here in New York. And um, sorry, the, the New York eviction deadline is September 1st. So can you tell us about how housing justice advocates are preparing for that? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is that we are just completely disappointed with the state and with Andrew Cuomo's Office of Temporary and Disability Assistance, which has been charged with getting the rent relief program out the door. 
Um, New York is one of four states that has failed to get pretty much any money out so far. They've put out less than 1% of the $2.7 billion that we have for rental assistance money. Um, so we are mounting protests and resistance, calling on the state legislature to go back to session, extend our eviction moratorium until you know the middle of June next year, as well as um, to improve the ERAP process, that's an emergency rental assistance program, and make it easier for renters to apply and to be awarded the resources they need to pay the rent. And how? And that's how- been a push for a while. Um, improving the ERAP process because I know so little of those eviction um, funds went out or of the the housing funds went out. Could you talk a little bit about if that um, is seeing any progress? Yeah, so we are definitely getting traction in the legislature. Um, We sent a letter to Andrew Cuomo and Ojeda demanding detailed changes from tenant groups at the beginning of the summer and a second letter from legislators later, um, almost 50 legislators signed on demanding changes. And, and the, you know, everyone in New York is Democrats, but I'll say bipartisan to say everyone signed on to this letter, both from, you know, the socialists to the um, to some more moderate to people who never really are on the side of renters because they know that, you know, evictions are not good for anybody. Um, and if we don't get this emergency rental assistance money out the door, both landlords and renters are going to suffer. Um, so it's a unique moment of bipartisanship between like landlord Democrats and tenant Democrats in Albany. Um, of course, Governor Cuomo is the one who has to make this happen. Uh, it's his agency. And I think everyone's, I think I'm not alone in saying that uh, no one has really good feelings about Andrew Cuomo right now. <laughs> For so many different reasons. Um, and, and can you talk a little bit about more about what makes the, the application process uh, so complicated? I mean, we were doing a show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were um, uh, talking with about the, the Fund for Excluded Workers, uh, another program uh, that's been initiated in response to the pandemic. And that's also a very complicated process. So, I mean, what what's going on here? And it, it, it seems like there's a um this uh this tendency to to make things complicated out of a fear that somewhere somebody might pull off a scam even even though the the you know the rich and the powerful in the state are are scamming the government left and right all the time yeah it's really ridiculous i mean all you have to do to get the mortgage interest tax deduction is check a box when you file your taxes to the irs and you're awarded, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in housing subsidy if you're a homeowner. If you're a renter, you have to spend hours and hours filling out paperwork, prove that you are worthy, and, you know, basically promise your firstborn to the state in order to get any rental assistance. And that's just, you know, speaking generally. And, and it's, a, it's a real mistake, um, these hyper means-tested programs, and it's, it's a reaction to, you know neoliberal Reagan era government. And it's, and it's, it's disgusting, really. Um, in terms of ERAP specifically, the specific challenges here, you know, it takes up to two hours to complete an application. The website crashes frequently. Paper applications are not available. You can't save your application. They require a really onerous amount of documents, including photo ID for every single family member, including children. 
I mean, I was trying to remember when I first got a photo ID and I don't really think it was till I was like maybe 16. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of required things that are just, you know, really, um, unnecessary and in their efforts to prove that no one is gonna game the system they are leaving out the most vulnerable people that they are supposedly trying to help right and so um talk about your thoughts on the successes and limitations of the cancel the rent campaign here in new york I would love to. Um, and thanks for asking. You know, the cancel rent campaign, I think, was a tremendously successful movement in a lot of ways. Um, we brought, you know, tens of thousands of new people into housing justice organizing, just speaking for housing justice for all. The number of people who follow and engage with housing justice for all cat like catapulted. It went from like, you know, six or seven thousand people to well over 100,000 people who are engaging with our work. And so the Cancel Rent campaign, I think, was very tremendous when it comes to, like, a popular message that lots of people could see themselves in and when it comes to really movement building. Um, but it was also pretty divisive, and the concept of Cancel Rent really exposed, like, fractions within, you know, the Democratic Party in Albany and what they really are or are not willing to fight for. Um, it exposed just how powerful the um, homeowner class is with traditional Democrats and that there are limits to which, you know, our elected officials are willing to go um, to protect property rights over human rights to a home. So it was, it was, um, it struggled to get traction in the legislature in the way that some, some of our more traditional housing campaigns have. And, you know, because of that, I think, you know, while it was like a bold outside demand that did serve to create a stronger ERAP program, we didn't really transform the housing subsidy system in the way that we wanted to. We weren't able to get rid of means testing, for example. Um, I certainly think that we have a stronger program, one that includes real tenant protection, one that includes undocumented New Yorkers than we would have had absent the cancel rent campaign, but I don't think that we achieved exactly what we set up to achieve. Um, but that's good because we can't put ourselves out of a job. <laughs> and, and speaking of Democrats in the, in the homeowner class, um, your thoughts on the upcoming uh, Eric Adams administration um, and how it will uh, impact tenants? I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be rough going. Eric Adams has already said that he would like to institute higher rent increases at the RGB, especially for, you know, mom and pop landlords, so, so-called mom and pop landlords. The challenge there is that mom and pop landlords are few and far between and don't really exist. Um, I expect, you know, Eric Adams also spent a lot of time campaigning with the folks um, on the Upper West Side the white homeowners who were rejecting and retaliating against homeless New Yorkers and trying to stop homeless New Yorkers from moving into the Lucerne Hotel. If you remember that episode last summer, they yes. endorsed Eric Adams campaign for mayor and they stood with him and he stood with them. Um, and, you know, if those are the people who Adams is going to be listening to um, when it comes to housing policy, he is going to 
continue to pursue policies that um, target homeless New Yorkers, that criminalize homeless New Yorkers, and lead to rent increases for tenants. And and that's that's pretty dangerous, I think, for the housing movement. And I'm, I'm pretty worried. Right, and we're already seeing like you know uh, the the eviction of 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 homeless folks who were staying in hotels and now are being sent back to concrete shelters. Many of them are unvaccinated. Um, I'm, you know, wondering how that will continue when Adams is in office. But I want to backtrack just a little bit, Sia, and ask you, um, going back to the New York eviction moratorium that's set to end September 1st, um, what, I mean, this is kind of a dark question, but what should renters who can't pay the rent, haven't paid their rent, what should they expect, you know, if, if the EWAT isn't made easier, if nothing changes as it is now? Well, Renters should, even though ERAP is terrible, <laughs> you should still apply. Um, if people haven't applied for ERAP yet, they should apply. And there are, you know, many nonprofit organizations who can support people with their application um, if you are having trouble. So renters should and must apply for emergency rental assistance um, and hope that it comes. Uh, if it doesn't come, Renters in New York City all have a right to counsel. Right to counsel is expanded to cover all eligible households, um, low-income households during the pandemic, and that is going to stay. That is not going anywhere. Um, so working with your attorney, you should you know, be able to get access to, um, to the city's existing rental assistance program such that they exist. But the most important thing that renters need to do is that you need to talk to other neighbors in your building. Um, we are working with tenant associations who have won 50% reductions in their back rent directly from the landlord. You are not alone if you can't pay your rent and you couldn't pay your rent over the last six months. And so the most important thing you could do in addition to like, you know, applying for ERAP is talk to the people who live in your building, get involved with the local neighborhood organization and resist your eviction and do that with your neighbors and build tenant power at the building and block level. Great. Uh, we really appreciate that. Is there anything else you'd want to say before uh, we have to uh, sign off here? Sure, yeah. I would also urge folks who can't pay the rent and who are struggling with ERAP to call your state assembly members and ask them to go back to session, ask them to ask Carl Hasty to call session, call your state senator. They can do something about this and they are not. And if you are available, we are going to be um, outside of Andrew Cuomo's Manhattan office tomorrow at 633 3rd Avenue at 11 a.m., calling on the legislature to go back to session, commence impeachment proceedings, and extend the eviction moratorium. So would love to see your listeners there. Awesome. Well, Sia Weaver, always uh, fighting the good fight uh, from uh, Housing Justice for All. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on WBAI Radio. Thank you. See you soon.